This is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast. The Modern Architect features one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. Our show informs and illuminates the transformation that architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. And now, introducing the host of The Modern Architect, Tom Dioro. Today, we are honored and really excited to be joined by Tui Fontalera, structural engineer and principal of Element. Element is a passionate and creative structural engineering firm based in the San Francisco Bay Area. They're uh, handpicked by architects and developers who seek a diverse team trained in cutting-edge technology. You can find them on the web at elementse.com. Again, that's elementse.com. Today's episode is made possible by Swatchbox, the leading sample platform for architects and designers. Swatchbox brings thousands of product samples from the world's leading manufacturers into one platform. Browse materials for inspiration, create custom collections, then request your samples for free with automatic next day or second day shipping. Get started at Swatchbox.com. Hello, Twee. We're so happy to have you on. Always great to see you. How are you? I'm doing good, Tom. Great. Good to see you too. Great. Really happy to be on the, you on the show again. Um, Twee, can we? Can you share with us a, a a quote, a prayer, mantra? You know, something that means and matters much to you in, in the form of a, a of an affirmation that uh, give your listeners an idea of not just the great accomplishments personally and professionally, but you know who Twee is. Yes, yes. It'll be summed up by Oprah Winfrey, who is one of my hero and idol. Um, And uh, what Oprah says really resonate with me and how I try to lead and live my personal life. And that is leadership is about empathy. It is about having the ability to relate to and connect with people for the purpose of inspiring and empowering their lives. Why does that mean and matter so much to you, Tui? Um, It means a lot to me because based on my personal experience, um, having empathy and compassion and having um, experienced that, been given that, has really helped me with um, some of the just uh, life experience and trauma that I've gone through. And there's two that I can recall specifically that really made an impact on um, on how I want to basically live and give back. And that is when uh, when I was in college, junior. I mean, in high school, junior in high school, um, my sister had passed away uh, due to cancer. She fought it for about three years and. That left my parents devastated. So um, they were paralyzed with grief and um, medical bills. And so um, financially, it was a strain. And we had to put our house up for uh, basically foreclosure. And back then, there's no cell phone. At least we didn't have any cell phone. And my parents were at work. I'm the oldest of five children. And I have the luxury of being the, you know, given that um, 
a responsibility and we were home door knocked and said basically we had to be out there that day and there was a lot of shame in that there was a lot of fear in that because I didn't have any way of contacting my mom other than knowing that four o'clock she'd be home six o'clock we needed to be out of the house and we were waiting for our other home to be ready for us to move in but that would have been a month so we thought we had a month to uh, move in that wasn't the case um so not knowing where we were going to live that day and thinking that all six members of the family had to be in in the car or out in the street it, it was scary being a teenager having to face that uh fortunately my mother's friend who at the time she had just met and they have just gotten to know each other. And she extended her living room for the six of us to stay in. And so without that experience, without that compassion, we would have been easily on the street. And hence my passion for helping uh, with the, the affordable housing project, as well as um, helping to end homelessness. And then for me, another experience that really, um, uh, given to me in in terms of compassion is in college my dear friend it was summer my first summer at cal poly i didn't realize that summer there's not a lot of jobs there and so um i was trying to make ends meet because i would send home financial aid or any part-time money that i made um, I was supporting the family going through college instead of the family supporting me um and that was just, you know, that was just the struggle. And um, that summer, I took summer classes and I was trying to figure out how I was going to do that. And it got to the point where I couldn't find any more part-time job because there was hardly any. And my dear friend, she um, she knew I had a lot of pride, too. And and I wouldn't want to ask her for <laughs> just a freeload off of her. So you know, we're just sitting around. She's like, what you doing? You want to go out? It's like, no, I'm just on a budget. And she recognized the hardship that I was facing. And instead of just saying, here, I'll give you some food. She's like, hey, look, let's go grocery shopping. I'll use my mom's credit card. And you cook. And we eat. And we'll call it even. And so that's what we did. And so that for the rest of that summer, she would go grocery shopping and I would cook and kind of come from a family of cooks too. That's my, my mom had a deli sandwich and a catering truck. And that experience right there without knowing me and I've only met her and she empathized in terms of like understanding where I was coming from, understanding my pride that she went out of her way to find a way to help me and still have my pride intact. And I would never... Uh, forget that. Till this day, we still laugh at that summer. <laughs> we still laugh at that summer every time. But um, it made me realize that, uh, you know, without empathy and compassion, especially in the world that we're living in right now, it's going to be hard to survive. And being a leader of a firm, I need to exercise that in order to um not only for retention, right, but for business. Like, how am I going to take care of my staff? How am I going to take care of my family at home? So um, so I live by that with all of 
uh, with all that is going on, social unrest, social justice, all the inequi uh, inequity that we, we see and hear, um, it's so important to exercise compassion. So my mantra that I, uh, from that quote, I've been telling people that my goal for this industry is to change it where leader can exercise empathy and know that it is a strength and not a wit, uh, a weakness. And that is to lead with empathy and execute with compassion. So that's my mantra to myself right now that I'm trying to change the industry one at a time. Superb. What's your thought, Twee, on you? You've obviously turned trauma into triumph. And I, I don't, I don't know if I've heard that or I made it up, but it really is. You, you took a, you took what would be perceived as traumatic. It is yeah. was traumatic, yeah. and you're making a triumph of it and sharing that triumph with others so that they can experience the joy in their own way that mm -hmm. you're experiencing and the giving. What's your thought on that? That that ability to overcome that trauma and turn it into a triumph. Yes, I I love how you said that. Um, uh, there's another word that I've been learning, and that is traumatic growth. And it it's really is uh, that. And um, actually, people have asked me a lot about that, like, Twee, how is it that you have this grit? How is it that you have this resiliency? And, um, you know, there's that uh, one one line in the song, right? What doesn't kill you make you stronger. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, I think because at a young age, I had to adapt. I've had to survive that um, it came somewhat natural for me. At the same time, it gave me kind of that intuitive um, feeling and gut feeling of being able to walk into a room and actually have this vibe, like I feel this vibe with people that I talk to that they may have some trauma that I'm not aware of. Mm -hmm. um, I can't explain it, but it's definitely there. And I would say that nine out of 10 times uh, um, talking to them and kind of asking certain questions that I have, a, I'm able to kind of, uh, get some insight and they're able to be vulnerable with me for, and um, I try I, these days I'm wiser. So I try not to give advice unless it's solicit or I ask first. Um, but I've always been, there's just, I've always wanted to help. Like the minute I see anybody in trauma, because I know how it feels to have been there. I know how it feels to go through pain, to go, go through financial strain, all, all of that various uh, experience. Um, my natural kind of um, people pleaser uh, shadow value is to be able to you know, embrace them and say, let me see how I can help you. So uh, I, I think it's, it can be learned. Some people don't walk out of trauma with triumph, with growth, right? They walk out of it with a lot of resentment um, or um, just never be able to heal. And, and I think part of that is having 
the the right support system, but also that mindset of growth. Um, but yeah. That growth. What made you choose structural engineering? Ooh, I love art as a child. I used to doodle every year, everywhere I go, even if it's like the condensation on the sliding door. <laughs> I would, because my parents couldn't afford arts and craft material. That was my way of, of uh, expressing myself. So art has always been a part of me. Um, and I took some architectural drafting classes in high school. And uh, that led to discovery of architecture. And so I, I um, went to Cal Poly slow thinking I was going to be an architect. Uh, but I realized I was not spatially creative. And um, structural engineering was the closest one that my career counselor told me to go. And I would like to say this to young folks. And at the time, I would never consider myself an engineer because I, I struggled. I have some learning differences. So I struggled in high school with math. Um, so I never thought of myself as an engineer. Uh, but what my career counselor said to me that made a difference was she's like, you don't have to be perfect at it. You don't have to be great at it. You just need to be good at it. And engineering is not about math, but creativity. And that really helped me because um, taking her advice, I I loved it. I mean, I, I, I love that I can be practical and building is it's a functional art and it affects people's lives. Right. And, and it's a hot, it's a very rewarding field because, um, you know, people think of life safety or people that save lives, doctors. Right. But we do, too, by ensuring that mm. our building are engineered for life safety so that it doesn't collapse during a natural disaster. That's that's our job. Our job is to make sure that buildings and structure does not collapse in an, uh, a seismic event or, um, you know, hurricane, uh, all those different parameters. That's So what we do is important. It does save lives. And unfortunately, the only time people remember structural engineering is when there's a balcony failure or floor collapse or seismic, you know, because our what we do is, is hidden. It's, hinder, it's hidden under all the skin of the beautiful facade that you see. Well stated. You're listening to the Modern Architect podcast. We're talking today with Tui Fontalera, structural engineer and principal of Element Structural Engineers Incorporated in Newark, California. For more information, feel free to visit their website at elementse.com. Elementse.com. Tweet, what's your thought on interdependence and independence? I know as obviously as Americans we're taught to be very independent, but what's your what's your thought or take on being interdependent versus just independent? And if I hear your question correctly, Tom, interdependent is it's almost like being in a community, right? Like Correct. when I hear it, um, I think both are extremely important 
And as a, a Asian or Vietnamese American, I can tell you that the Asian culture tend to be a little bit more communal, whereas the American culture is more independent. And uh, I struggle with, with figuring out that balance as a child because I had to bridge the gap myself between the, the culture that my parents came from and, and what they wanted to keep and teach us and then the American culture. But I think two, those two are critical because without the American culture of independence, I don't think that I can be where I am because I needed to, being independent means you, you got to believe in yourself. You have to have the confident, right? And um, confident or, or courage is walking into something that you may not have full confident on or it can be scary but 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 the courage to move forward is it's what's going to help you with progression so i believe that in that way you have to be independent because nobody can believe in yourself more than yourself and if you don't have that it doesn't matter who says it you won't initiate right you won't move forward because you, you can't do it. But I think it's also important to be interdependent because um, community is important. The sense of belonging, the sense of being included, that's human nature. We want to belong. We want to be accepted. So in that way, being interdependent and being part of a community is, is what's going to make us stronger. Um, and that's why one of our value is teamwork. You know, community is huge in in um, in our value here at Element. Whether you're out there making a difference for your you know immediate community, which is your family, or your broader community, which is for me, my broader community is my AEC community. How how can I help the profession to grow and to elevate? Um, my affordable housing community? How can I make an impact in the community of folks that are experiencing low income, that are experiencing mental health, and it leads to homelessness? You know, because nobody wants to be homeless, but it happened, right? Um, and so I think both of it is very, very important, and it got to be balanced. You can't you can't have one or the other. You have to have both in order to be your whole self. Well said. How did you uh, come up with the name Element Structural Engineers? That's usually the first question that every every job candidate that comes asks me. Okay. Oh, is that right? <laughs> like, why? How? You know, how did you name it Element? And what I can say, um. You know, I was trying to come up with like creative ways of like combining my family names or just taking my last name. And I didn't want that. I didn't want a last name that um, anybody that comes to Element may not feel that ownership of the last name Fontalera. Mm. Right. And so I knew I didn't want to labor the firm using my last name. And I, you know what? I was brainstorming. I was just sitting in a car commuting one day. And I was like, well, if I think of building, every building has so many different elements of design team 
that comes together to make it happen. And then the building component itself are made up of various elements of, you know, different type of material, different types of connection that comes together to create a building. And that word element kept coming up and I was like, that's what it is. We are element because we are only one of a whole. Wow. There was a long silence. <laughs> we are one of a whole. We're very, yeah. very true. Can you share with us some of your more uh, recent projects? You don't have to name names unless you're at liberty to do so, but we'd love to hear some, a couple or more recent projects of yours. Yes. So most of our recent projects are around affordable housing. I've been fortunate to be in that space. Uh, I remember when I was a senior and decided I wanted to be an architect. I saw a lot of homeless veterans in Modesto. And what really at the time I didn't understand was these veterans were a lot of them were actually Vietnam War veterans. And for me, that was a big impact because I'm a, uh, I'm a Vietnamese refugee, and, I, and knowing that these people have fought for our independence and they're coming home, why aren't they taken care of? Why are they on the streets, right? Um, and so my very first dream was to, and it was very specific, seven-story building that is like studio style that would somehow be free for these homeless population. Of course, you know, being a teen, I didn't think of all the financial part, right? <laughs> I wasn't just utopia thinking that that would just be a wonderful thing to have to help these people. And I'm, I feel very fortunate every day that we get to do affordable housing projects because we are using our profession to make an impact. So in a lot of way, I can say that my dream has come true, right? And so most of our projects are um, affordable housing, ranging from Sonoma, Napa, all the way down to Santa Cruz. Um, we have um, a couple of them in Oakland that are under design or in the early stages of construction. Um, and um, we got about two that are under construction that's off the ground and a couple that just completed. So I would say the bulk of our project right now are affordable housing. And when I say affordable housing, I wanna be clear that we're not talking about building something that is affordable. Affordable housing is really the target community is the low income working population. You know, they're, they're the community that would have a minimum uh, wage job. They're servicing you at Starbucks. They're college students that are homeless because the housing price is ridiculous in the Bay Area. Uh, so you have all of these service people in our community, the grocery, the cashiers that are working in a grocery store, they're making minimum job, a minimum wage job. And they need a. They need to be able to be housed, right? But it's it's just uh, so they're the population that we are helping. At the same token, there's supportive help housing, which is targeted towards the homeless population. They need a lot more support. So usually in this community, they have a mental health um, um, service as well as social uh, uh, service um, office that is located 
in the apartment complex itself. Um, and then, of course, now we know uh, with the working class, the middle, the middle class, our teachers, our nurses, they can't afford to live around here, so they're moving out. So the school district is realizing that. So now they are coming up what is called workforce housing. That's um, So uh, we got a couple of those projects out for proposal that we hope to be a part of. But workforce housing right now is... Um, is one of the one that that people are talking about because um, our middle income community also needs help. So, so, so I just want to make sure that you know uh, uh, people are aware that there's a difference between affordable housing and building something that is affordable. There are two different concepts there. Thank you for clearing that, Twee. This is the Modern Architect podcast. We're talking today with Twee Fontalera, structural engineer and principal of Element Structural Engineers Incorporated in Newark, California. For more information, you can visit their website at elementse.com. That's elementse.com. Our public service announcement for today's show is by Abode Services. Abode Services mission is to end homelessness by assisting low-income, unhoused people, including those with special needs, to secure stable, supportive housing, and to be advocates for the removal of the causes of homelessness. For more information, feel free to visit their website at abodeservices.org. Again, abodeservices.org. Twee, you've talked about uh, empathy and leading with empathy. How has that impacted the culture at Element? Ah. Uh. Um, we were actually talking about it today, but how it have impacted us is there's a lot of, uh, trust building through that and, um, innovation in terms of staff knows that they have a safe space to be able to voice, um, their, their thoughts, um, maybe their concern on uh, certain things or even, um, know that when we are talking about any kind of social issues that they know that as a firm we are here to learn and to understand from each other uh, what i love is that um empathy we went on an empathy journey this year and i committed and invested in that for our staff because the last couple of years with the pandemic, there has been a lot of burnout. There's been a lot of mental health. And end of the year, recognizing that, I was like, we need to do something. We need to do something so that our staff can take care of themselves and it will allow them to bring their whole self to work. So this empathy journey was really about self-care. So empathy, not only for others, but for yourself, giving yourself grace when you need it. Um, and now the beauty of that is that uh, we're stronger as a team. Um, there's no judgment in, in our communication. There's no hierarchy. Uh, and that's what I love. There's no hierarchy at Element. You know, uh, Yes, of course, I am the owner. Everybody knows that. At the same time, they see me for Twee, not 
okay, she's the owner, I need to watch what I say or do because she's signing the paycheck, you know. Uh, but really, when we share, when we do um, uh, trust building, it, it gets deep. And that's what I love. We love to share stories. Most of our story end up revolving around either food or animal because those are the two topics that we love the most. And then travel would be the third one. Uh, but what I see is the staff is able to, when when they need that mental health day or mental break, they're able to reach out and say, hey, I'm taking a half day tomorrow and not hesitate to do that right so there's a uh, there's there's the trust building there's the giving my uh, giving grace to me too because i don't know everything and being able to come to me and and we work together on the solution rather than um this you know expectation i guess i can say uh, the expectation that element is if you don't know it it's okay we'll learn it together but we're here to understand and to work together. And uh, one of the biggest impact uh, with our empathy journey would uh, be breath, breath work. Breath work has helped the staff. It has helped them to slow down and be present. So we do breath work when we know that we've had like three or four back-to-back meetings. You know, you can kind of see it on everybody's face and it's like, okay, you know what? We're going to take a moment before we dive into the next meeting. We're going to slow down and do some breath work. And that has been something that the staff has appreciate quite a bit. And, and then it allows you to be more present when you do that. So um, it's been a fun journey. We're still on it and uh, we're having a really good time just living our values and um, practicing our empathy and giving ourselves grace. What would you like to share, Tui, that you may not have spoken of on your show today that really strikes you at, at the heart, that's really important to you, for you and your audience today? Yeah, I think what I would like to share with the audience, especially with firm leaders out there, business leader out there, um, is to practice empathy. Um, there's a lot going on. Um, staff need our support. And, um, and right now, there's a lot of reshuffling that's happening uh, in the workforce, right? Everybody's looking for meaning. So as leaders, it's so important for us to practice that empathy and really listen to our staff and understand where they're coming from. Um, and, and slow down, I, I, I slow down and just think about your purpose. Think about your purpose and how you can exercise that compassion um, and take care of your staff because when you take care of your staff, they will take care of you. And they will take care of the client. They will take care of the business. The profit will follow when people comes first. Well, well stated. Thank you so much, Twi. It's been an absolute honor, pleasure. Uh, I'd love to have you on again. It's, all, it's just terrific. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Tom. You've been listening to The Modern Architect Show. I'm Tom Dioro. Our guest today has been Twi Fontalera, structural engineer, lead and principal of Element Structural Engineering Incorporated 
Element is a passionate and creative structural engineering firm based in the Bay Area. They're handpicked by architects and developers who seek a diverse team trained in cutting-edge technology. For more information, you can visit them at elementse.com. That's elementse.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, designer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive, sustainable, and beautiful cities, communities, and lives. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is made possible by Swatchbox, the leading sample platform for architects and designers. Swatchbox brings thousands of product samples from the world's leading manufacturers into one platform. Browse materials for inspiration, create custom collections, then request your samples for free with automatic next day or second day shipping. Get started at Swatchbox.com.